We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. Yeah, I'm used to it. I'm used to this. Y'all ain't met playing LP yet, huh? <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Uncontested podcast where we cover the nba okc thunder and pop culture you can find our episodes on apple Podcasts, soundcloud google play and our website the uncontested you should check out that website where we have our thunder free agency articles up actually the thunder signed one of those free agents in our articles today so that's pretty cool i'm the thunder mob jacob niffin today i am joined by tulsa's new weed dispensary owner taylor peterson in the wise words of Zito, at underscore Zeets, let's just start a new NBA and not tell the Warriors. Uh, I would be okay with that. I am joined by the birthday boy here in about three hours. Call me Armoravian. Um, life seems meaningless now. At least it's for the NBA. So we're heading towards a slow death. I am joined by the fan of the DeMarcus Cousins signing, Nick Crane. That is false, and Tyreek Evans is not going to the Pacers. And yeah, you little bitch, Travis Singleton. Oh man, just at him right at the beginning. No, chill. Woo. Uh. Also back from the dead, Justin Hickey. What's up, guys? I'm happy to be back and be with y'all. Hi, Justin. I miss you. I love you. Miss you too. <laughs> well, NBA free agency is two days old now. The Thunder have made some noise. The Lakers have made some noise. 
The Warriors have pissed everybody off. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with everything going on in the 405, in which I'm going to throw it over to Kamiar for the Thunder as a whole. So as you guys were on the YouTube live the other night, you guys did see that Paul George committed to sign for OKC, and you saw live that it was a 3 plus 1. Adrian Wojnarowski said OKC actually can extend him after two years because he hits that 10-year mark in the league. So, does this prove or justify Presti's position in the front office? In the front office, excuse me. Man, you know, like we always hear all this stuff about the Thunder culture and the Thunder locker room and how they're like first class and everything. And some people put stock in that, some people don't. But there are now two high-profile young African-American men who were born and raised in Southern (laughs) California who chose to live in freaking Oklahoma City rather than go back to the West Coast. And I think you can almost chalk all of that up to what this front office and what Sam Presti has done. Um, It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. They – you know, Presti took a gamble about 367 days ago and made a trade for Paul George that everyone thought was a one-year rental and kind of like a Hail Mary. And by God, if it didn't work out. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think you got to give the Thunder front office and Sam Presti and everybody all their credit in the world for this. You know, they they lost Kevin Durant. They learned from it. And now we have one of the best small forwards in the game committed here long-term. Long-term, yep. Uh, so we did our live YouTube live thing after Paul George immediately after Paul George signed and has just kind of our first reactions, me, Jacob and, and Nick, and we're all excited and whatnot. Uh, but since then, another big thing has happened, which we'll touch on later in the podcast. And that's LeBron James going to the Lakers. But the reason I bring that up now is because we obviously didn't know that the night of free agency when we were talking about PG resigning, you can't tell me Paul George did not know that LeBron Brian, uh, Windhorst said today on the, the low post that he had personally known about LeBron going to L.A. for since like last Monday. Paul George definitely knew that LeBron was going to L.A. and he still chose Russell Westbrook and Sam Presti. So I think that that just adds to this even more. It's even more incredible to me. And I think we definitely have to give uh, credit where credit's due to both Russ and Sam Presti and others as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was just one of the most, you know, amazing behind the scenes work by a front office where rather than having to recruit him in free agency, it was a a year long thing to the point where he didn't give anybody else the time of day. And and we had it kind of in the bag before free agency even started. Yeah. And kind of of building on that, Nick, you know, last year, whenever they traded for Paul George, uh, a big narrative was the Thunder Mm -hmm. giving themselves a chance because people last year said that right now, if the Thunder hadn't traded for Paul George, they weren't going to get a free agency meeting. Would you ever in a million years have guessed that the Lakers were the one that weren't going to get a free agency meeting? I No, I'm, I'm in shock by that. You know, that that blows my mind that he didn't even sit down with Magic Johnson. He was like, he nope. You don't want to get the HIV. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So and, I actually, I saw a, a rumor earlier today about this, and I guess PG shares the same agent as like Julius Randle and uh, gosh dang it, somebody else from the Lakers. And they it cut. was uh, it was D'Angelo Russell. Did you see this? Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Yep. Do you see that too? Yeah. That you know the whole thing with the D'Angelo Russell trade and whatnot that really rubbed them the agency the wrong way. Uh, them not wanting to obviously 
offer Julius Randle or offer him more or whatever they were wanting. Uh, I guess they had some bad negotiations with that deal. And so at that point, Paul George was just kind of turned off by it all. Uh, kind of like where Kevin Durant was influenced apparently by his inner circle, quote yeah. unquote, when he made his decision to go to the Warriors. It sounds like a similar sim- simulation or si- situation here uh, with Paul George with, you know, between Russell and then obviously his, his management and whatnot. Definitely. And also another interesting thing about this, this Paul George signing that, has kind of come out since he signed. I think it was Royce that said the the Thunder the and the front office and Sam Presti felt very confident pre-trade deadline that this was yep. going to happen. And yeah. and that Presti has been operating for <laughs> quote weeks now knowing that Paul George was coming back. I just think so that's like incredibly impressive. So I guess we can go ahead and bring this up now. He's been working weeks in advance, and Paul George not only signed, didn't sign a one-on-one, didn't sign a two-on-one. He signed for three years with a fourth player option. Sam Presti has something else in the works, doesn't he? You, At least I would like to think you so. You would hope so, yeah. I mean, Especially if he's when been he, working weeks on weeks. You know what I mean? When he's talking about Melo, he's talking about letting them know all the options that are on the table and all the balls that are still in the air, he says. So you know that there's something up with that. But Justin, what do you think about all this? You obviously got to give Sam Presti a lot of credit. He put all his chips in the bag on trading for Paul George. He gave up Victor Oladipo. He gave up DeMontis Sabonis, who Victor Oladipo had a great season this year. And like Jacob was saying, OKC wouldn't have got a free agency meeting with Paul George. They had to go in for the bag with Russell Westbrook going into his free agency. And that one-year-long recruitment, Everybody thought it was a one-year thing and he was going to L.A. To be able to get him to stay in Oklahoma is an absolute surprise, and all of Oklahoma is ecstatic. Have you guys watched that that YouTube video, that like five-minute YouTube video uh, of the party? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's sick. I saw the pictures and I saw some clips. I haven't seen the full video. The YouTube video is sick. That shit looked so lit. Like... Oh, I wish Everybody I could have been there. Crazy. I wonder how much medical marijuana was in there. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was a point in that video where, because that, that party took place on Saturday night, where P and Russ had somebody on the phone, on speakerphone, and were talking to him. They said, you know what we're trying to build here? And they said, all right, then we'll talk to you in the morning. We'll holler at you in the morning. And I wonder if it was Nerlens. And we'll get to, yeah, that. We'll yeah. get to that shortly. But I wonder if it was Nerlens. Yep. So... It's kind of interesting. Wonder so if it was any... Boogie. Yeah. Oh my god. Boogie the Apparently, bitch. I guess I'll, I'll say that for later. But I so, saw some recent. Let, let's not get sad yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Thunder up. Does all of this stuff happening as far as PG staying with a three plus one. Nerland's apparently coming along with just a, a, min, a minimum deal with a one plus one. And Jeremy Grant coming back with a two plus one. Does this end this narrative that nobody wants to play with Russ? According to Colin Cowherd, it doesn't. Yeah, Colin Cowherd's <laughs> a bitch too. Cowherd hates anything Oklahoma. He does. He's a he's, as Nick... he's a he's a former Seattle fan. Yeah. So the, the, yep. it, so when we a... took his team from him, he's just so butthurt. He's got a small ween. We know that. <laughs> The part that I don't get is no one has ever come out and said that they don't like playing with Westbrook. 
So I don't know where these Twitter accounts get this narrative from, but they keep running with it. And you have these idiots like Colin Coward that will just keep talking about it. Yeah, making a career off of it. It's ridiculous. I think it absolutely uh, shows that people do want to play with Russ. Paul George, I mean, he didn't even get, the, as we mentioned, didn't even get the Lakers a meeting. He wanted to play with Russell Westbrook, and he wanted to be a part of the Thunder. Um, Jeremy Grant, New Orleans Newell, another rumor shut down that Russ never recruits anybody. Well, apparently, Russ and PG both reached out to uh, Noel, and yep. that was partially the main reason why he wanted to go ahead and sign, because he felt wanted, and he hasn't really felt wanted in a long time by a basketball team, so I'm sure that, that had a lot to do with it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think should should end this narrative, but again, there's you're always going to have the ex-Seattle fans, the Bill Simmons, the uh, cowards that... Uh, that are always going to say that nobody wants to play for us. And are just going to stick with that same the, narrative. The Nerlens contract really makes me curious. Um, I would assume that if we re-sign Felton, he gets the same contract, I would assume. Yep. That minimum, I mean, there, yeah. There's no way that we would give him more money than we gave Nerlens Noel because Nerlens oh, no. Noel is, I mean, I, I would think. Yeah, we would ha- we would have to offer the buffet to Felton to get him to come back though. Just get him some oh, coupons the- to like CCs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sizzler. <laughs> oh man! It's something, something that I was surprised about that I mentioned in the Slack that Nerlens was guaranteed. What was it? Seventy million over four years for the Dallas Mavericks last year, and mm-hmm. he declined it. He went, he yep. thought he no, was deserving of a max minimum. contract, and he wasn't going to take anything less than it yep. on a long term deal. Jeez, and now he's in OKC in a minimum yep. deal on a one on one. Yep. So, Paul George and really kind of Jeremy Grant, uh, one signs a three and one, the other one signs a two and one. What are the benefits of those guys signing those deals to where you're not really worrying about if they'll be back next year? So I'm going to jump in and take the take the lead on this one. Um, that's that's maybe the biggest part of this entire thing. It's not that be, Paul being back is huge, but Paul and Jeremy <coughs> being back and having this core together, like next year, locked up next summer, we don't have to worry about keeping our core together. Now Presty can do what Presty is best at, which is build a team instead of panic move, kind of doing what Cleveland's always done with LeBron. You know where you're just trying to get talent in to win right now. The Thunder can now start to build and fill out those peripheral pieces around their their big two, their big three, whatever. And it, it allows Presti to to do what he does good, which is draft, make advantageous trades, and and build around a core. And so I think that's like invaluable, you know. And obviously I, I agree. we're gonna get to it that, you know, it you might as well already just send the Larry O'Brien trophy again out to Oakland. But the 2019-2020 season, whenever the Thunder are still has their core together, and then, you know, maybe Melo stays on the team this year and his contract comes off the books or whatever, like, Presti's going to have a chance to build a bit and build for three, four years out. And I think it's going to be beneficial for the long run. Yeah, I, agree. I, I think it's the first, I mean, obviously it's the first season in a long time where it's, I mean, you know, Two seasons ago, it was, you know, the question of does Russ leave this summer. This year, it was the question of does Paul leave this summer. It's the first time in a while. And then before that, I guess it was KD. It was Kevin too. Durant, yeah. It's the first time in a long time that we 
we know no matter what happens this season, we still have that core next year. And, and, and Sam Preston doesn't have to make, you know, his back against the wall decisions. He can, you know, we, we say say we sign like a Tyreek Evans um, this off season. Then at the trade deadline, we sign, you know, another person, uh, maybe get a buyout candidate. And then next summer, we sign one or two more guys and make a good draft pick. Then by the next year, you know, Ferguson's a couple, three years in the league. Like, we can gradually build towards a championship rather than having to make these, you know, drastic these moves changes. that we have to make, yeah, these drastic changes that aren't, aren't necessarily decisions that are going to make us good long term. So I have two things on this. The first being, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook kind of had a, a weird season trying to decide how he needed to play. At first, he tried to be passive because he wanted to make sure Paul George was happy. It was all about recruiting Paul George to stay, and he was worried about it. So he played like he was worried about it, and it showed. Then Melo and PG come up to him and say, hey, do your thing. That's when we're the best. And then he just goes, you know, scorched the world, Russ, but still didn't play his best. Now Russ and the rest of the team, for that matter, can just relax. We don't have to please Paul George anymore. <laughs> I mean, we, obviously, we want to please Paul George, but we don't have to worry about making him upset and you know making him run away. Um, they can just play their game. I think that's really going to show, especially early on this season, with some extra chemistry. And then two, we're seeing a trend. So these are two players, Jeremy Grant and Paul George, that have signed longer-term ter- deals rather than one-on-ones to be free agents again. LeBron James just did the same thing. And even before tonight, with all the whole DeMarcus Cousins thing, I think that just shows that these guys are just like, look, it, you can't just create these super teams in one summer and go and beat the Warriors. This is going to be a process. So let's just start, build a foundation, build from there, let the Warriors you know, disperse, whether that's Draymond Green or Clay Thompson or whoever next season. And uh, you know, I think we're seeing that with these deals, particularly with LeBron going four years Lakers. With the way the cap is right now, I would have to say that Jeremy Grant is a bargain at $9 million a year. And then you take a healthy Andre Robertson, that's a steal at $10 million as well. So you're getting two guys, Jeremy Grant and basically Andre Robertson. Those guys can guard each position one through five. So OKC has them at $19 million. And you have Westbrook, Paul George, Adams, Noel, Grant, Robertson. They are stacked defensively, and if all those guys can play up to their potential and be healthy, OKC can take out some of these good shooting teams. Obviously, the Warriors getting DeMarcus Cousins is ridiculous, but they stack up well with those teams that can shoot defensively. Definitely. So, what's it to be said about Nerlens Noel coming to OKC on a one-on-one vet minimum and that... Billy, Mountham, Russ, and PG, they recruited him pretty hard. But what more so is a couple of things. Do you guys like the fit culturally um, as far as him maybe eating hot dogs during games? And also, B, <laughs> Oklahoma City now has three centers in Steven Adams, of course, Nerlens, Dakari Johnson, and also three power forwards. If you want to call Melo a power forward, you have Melo, Grant, and Patrick Patterson on the roster. So... What are the what are the moves you guys think are to be made? Yeah, I, I talked about this touching on Nerlens in the article, the big man article. Um, him, he's he's you know he's th- he thrived at Kentucky whenever he was on a winning team and had that you know that motivation to play well. And then he you know got drafted to the Sixers back when they were terrible. Uh, didn't really get a shot. And didn't really you know have that work ethic or that drive. Then went to the Mavs, who were terrible. Uh, he found his way at the end of the bench, not even playing, you know, coach decision, not playing. Uh, so I think him being on a winning team 
um, where he can feel appreciated and do things in the second unit and really get an opportunity for the first time in his career. Um, I think his work ethic will go up. I think his drive will go up. And I think we'll see, I don't know if we'll see, you know, a, a top, top, top five, top six um, caliber player right now. Um, but as far as, you know, taking a risk with the vet men, there's not many guys out there um, that I would have rather taken on a risk than him. It's true. For sure. So I think the, I think it's interesting that, you know, Nerlens has kind of this, this aura around him that he's kind of a, a tough guy to play with, uh, a little bit of a locker room issue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen multiple times now Sam Presti go after these high draft picks in previous drafts who underperformed, who were, were seen as kind of a negative on their team, and take them on as reclamation projects. Guys like Dion Waiters, guys like Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor, yeah. And, um, and, and Nerlens is just the next one in that line. And I think that the Thunder have really proven that if, if you need a, a basketball facelift, if your brand needs a facelift, come and play in Oklahoma City for a year. You know, look yeah. at what happened with Dion. Look at what happened with Ennis. Like, come play in Oklahoma City for a year. And I think um, that's what Shams from Yahoo even reported was that was that uh, Nerlens wanted a team that had a good culture that he could try to remake his image in and take this one-year deal. And I think it's it's a really good fit for both sides. You know, I think Nerlens, if he buys in, will have a really good chance to to up his value for the 2019 free agency. And I think it really helps the Thunder having a super athletic big man off the bench who can protect the rim. So And who they can develop, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, we lost, lost Coach lost coach Bryant this offseason which really stinks he was really good with our big men but they still have that culture they still have those got those uh, other assistant coaches you know that were under him and uh, or coached with him and I think they can really develop uh him just like they developed Steven and Enos and all these other big men as well and uh, can really bring out the best in him Definitely. yeah and side note on side note on that I know this is a completely different scenario um we're not talking about a lottery guy that never panned out that we could uh you know you know, rebrand them. But I, I mean, obviously this is a guy that could go to a, a crappy team for a lot of money potentially, but I think a guy like Isaiah Thomas, if he really wants to, to rebrand his name and get back to that guy, he was two summers ago when they were thinking he's going to be a lottery or a, uh, a max contract player, potentially. Um, I think a guy like that, if, if he wants to, to remake a name for himself, a place like Oklahoma city would be a good place for him to come on a cheap deal. Uh, knowing next summer he could, he could get a lot more money. Definitely. So, Kamiar mentioned this, but Oklahoma City has three centers and three power forwards on the roster now with the signing of Nerlens and uh, re-signing of Grant. What's going to happen with that front court? Because something's got to give. Something's got to give. They got Adams, <clears throat> Noel, Takari Johnson, Carmelo, Grant, oh, and Patrick Patterson. Yeah. Something has I don't to think give. Dakar- I don't think Takari Johnson will be on the roster next year. I think I they'll agree. just roll with uh, Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel. Like I like the Noel signing at a veteran minimum. Yeah, there's been culture issues, but besides Ennis Cantor, OKC has just tried to run with power forwards late in games at center when Stephen Adams isn't there. They put Jeremy Grant there. They put Serge Ibaka there. They put Patrick Patterson there. 
it's good to finally have a backup center that you can go to that's a true center because Steven Adams, he is a warrior. He he has played with injuries, but he has broke his hand before. He's pulled his hamstring. He pulls his groin. He hurts his finger. You need somebody that's a true backup center, and I just don't think Dakari Johnson does it. He's got, like, two left feet, and he's slow as f- <laughs> he can't run he can't run the fast so break dude dakari yeah. like if you've ever actually watched dakari play basketball if that dude jumps you cannot slide a damn piece of paper under his feet like, yeah he has no he can't jump he, over he's stick. the only seven footer i've never seen that can't f-ing dunk the basketball like he's going to tiptoe <laughs> come on now yeah well and uh the other thing is is carmelo anthony and uh p pat they two Pat. They both have been pretty unusually absent. Neither one of them were at the party. And I get it. Maybe if if, if you know Patterson's like, hey, I'm in Toronto. I don't want to make that yeah. long trip. Well, and Mel- Melo is like a huge Nos fan. That, he's from New York. And it wasn't That's there. His rapper. That's yeah, his guy. And he was there. And he they gave him the wrong address. He hasn't Weird. been on the uh, on the Instagram posting those <laughs> Instagram posts and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Russ in a, you know Russ posted nothing or did nothing about. Carmelo, you know, I get, you don't really opt in, but basically, quote unquote, not opting out of his contract. Yeah. Him staying in OKC, he didn't really post anything about that. Uh, there's some, something weird going on for sure. And like I said, I don't think Paul George does this long of it of a, a deal with the Thunder if Pressy didn't give him a, a pretty good sales pitch on and kind of his future plans and mapped it all out for him. Well, remember Paul's exit interview. He talked about how he was going to stay in contact with uh, with Russ, with Coach Donovan, and Sam Presti. He mentioned nothing about Carmelo Anthony. Nobody of that core group of Stephen Adams, of Russ, of Donovan, even Presti. They didn't mention Carmelo Anthony in the exit interview and the plan going forward. Hell, f- like Stephen Adams, he even like on it. He liked that Instagram post where they were like, "Oh, yeah. remember the Instagram post?" The it Instagram was like, comment, hey, yeah. it was like, uh, which one of these can OKC do uh, best without, or could they do away with?" And it was like Carmelo Anthony. So, yeah. and he's like, oh, <laughs> I he's forgot like, oh. about that. That's he's like, oh, it's, it's an accident. Oops. I got big fingers, mate. Yeah. So mate. I don't. I don't. It's 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 clear. It's clear that Sam Presti has had a vision. He shared it with Russ and Paul George and probably Stephen Adams, who really just doesn't give a. F- he's just there to play basketball. <laughs> and and uh, in and they're down with it. So I'm sure Paul and Paul and Russ they talk after the games. They're bros. Like they're leg- legitimate friends that go that are in similar stages in life. They're like, hey. If we didn't have to keep keep on hemorrhaging on the defensive end every time in the playoffs or every really time during the regular season, we could have won a few more games. Now, does that mean OKC doesn't need a third score? No, OKC does need a third score, and you probably can't rely on Alex Abrinas to do that. You probably you want to rely on Steven Adams to start averaging, you know, like 15 points a game. But are you going to start doing that? Probably not. So that's where these Tyreek Evans rumors come into play Tyreek Evans was rumored to be interested in OKC Charlotte Los Angeles and I think the who else supposedly Indiana in in the in the war in the Warriors and the Warriors in Los Angeles they're out and then supposedly uh again Travis Singleton who knows nothing except about stealing jersey pictures or dropping really crappy t-shirt ideas uh, and selling them for $30 a piece, says that, <laughs> hey, according to my sources, 
Tyreek Evans has signed a $12 million offer <laughs> with the Pacers, and he said that a long time ago in neither Shams nor Watt. <laughs> so we did that like nor, six hours ago. Nor, nor Stein, nor Shelburne. None of these people have said, oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Nobody's confirmed that. Nobody's even brought it up. So, oh, yeah, Tyreek Evans is still floating. In, like I'd be... Th- OKC scissor hands is more credentialed than this guy is that, that hinted the Paul George news than Travis Singleton. I'd be willing Stop. to bet that in, in Paul George's exit interviews and in his like free agency interviews with or not interviews technically, but in his talks with Presty and Russ going forward, if you were going to resign this long deal, I'd be willing to bet that that uh, Presty had said that you know we're we're not looking at Carmelo going forward, and that was definitely something that may have swayed Paul to stay. Well, and I so, know Paul and, and Melo are actually like, there's a lot of respect and admiration between those two. So, you know, on on one hand, you think like, you know, if he would have told them like, hey, I'm getting rid of your buddy, Paul would have been like, oh, dude, like, I don't want that. But at the same time, Paul played on this team. He saw this team. He saw how bad Melo was on this team and probably ended up deciding like, no, that's what's best. You know, I think it's it's very telling that every like, fake mellow scenario we come up with and talk about isn't about trading mellow somewhere where he can be effective it's about trading mellow somewhere where somebody wants cap relief and can buy him out that's like how the mighty have fallen that's mellow's like value right now is that he's a big expiring contract and someone can get in on 2019 free agency you know like that's that's sad. And that's kind of what we're, we're cleaning to is that they can just find a way to completely dump that salary this offseason and not have to worry about a buyout or, you know, just keeping them. Definitely. Well, it looks like Clay Bennett is willing to spend money. So my guess is they'll eventually that oil stretch money. them out. Uh, gas prices are going to go up there for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Uh, but no, the Tyreek Evans uh, rumors started by Chris B. Hayes this morning from ESPN saying that, you know, those four teams were interested. Well, the Lakers picked up Rondo, so I don't think the Lakers want Rondo, Lance, and Tyreek all on the same team. And then Golden State just used their mid-level exception, so it kind of leaves Charlotte and Oklahoma City. And I mean, I'm sorry if apparently if you're apparently Indiana, apparently Indiana. <laughs> so I, I think that decision's easy, but we'll see what what Tyreek values. Anything else on Tyreek Evans? I mean, like, would you guys like to see Tyreek Evans on the team? I would love to see Tyreek Evans in OKC. He was one of the biggest bargains in the NBA last year, and I believe he could come in and and be a great player off the bench for OKC. Dude, why didn't Memphis trade him? Like, they were obviously tanking. They knew he was going. Like, that's the the dumbest decision. Yeah, just take the best thing available, like, at the trade deadline. But no, so as, as a six man, I think he's interesting. Uh, I think if he came here, he'd probably be the main ball handler coming off the bench. Yeah. I think he'd, effective, kind of cool. he'd effectively play the one off the bench. And I mean, what do we have to lose after this DeMarcus cousin? I mean, let's add all the talent we can and exactly. do what we can. Take as many gambles as possible. Well, so- someone tweeted out that his brother said that he was really blown away with OKC's offer last night by Presti. Was that true? I'm not sure. I I do know I saw a picture of Presti in LAX. So Presti was out in LA talking to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, and his brother also made it sound like he'd be making a decision here pretty quick. So I would not be surprised if between now and the time the podcast is released, uh, I think he may have made a decision. Yeah, definitely okay. so. Yeah. Signed with the Pacers, one year, $12 million. <laughs> I guess I should. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got, done, the hashtag tweets, done deal. <laughs> what do you say? S- sneaker bomb? Sneak, sneak bomb. That, uh, <laughs> s- sneaker bomb, that will uh, get you detained at an airport. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Go to the go to the around the association. Well, but, hey, but before we move on to the around the association, and I'll I'll obviously bleep this out. But um, so far on my podcast, need to go back and edit sheet. All it says is incredible. That's all. That's all my edit sheet is anymore. It's just a whole bunch of profanities. You're gonna, leave, you're gonna leave in the names though right yes <laughs> yes all right on to around the association so around the association Something we've mentioned a couple times already in this podcast is LeBron James to the Los Angeles Lakers. Signed a four-year deal, uh, three years with the player option, Max. Were you guys pretty surprised? What were your takes on that? I was kind of blown away. Um, I mean, I always thought he was going to L.A. You know, we we kept talking about it, talking about it. But four years? Like, how pissed do you think Dan Gilbert is? Dan Gilbert had to operate year by year with LeBron, and then as soon as LeBron leaves, he signs a freaking four-year deal and gives the Lakers, like, longevity to build around him? Like, I bet Dan Gilbert's pissed. He dug his own grave by getting rid of David Griffin and then offering Chauncey Billups one-fourth of what most GMs in the league make. That is true. That is true. But no, it's uh, it's surprising. Like, th- did the rest, the rest of you guys? Did you think this LA LeBron to LA was happening after what we heard about they're not, you know, the the Kawhi talks aren't going anywhere, and Paul George is staying in Oklahoma City? Did you think well, c- coming into Sunday morning, did you think LeBron was still going to be a Laker? Well, here's my deal: is that I think on the last podcast we did before you guys went on the on the live was that I said, hey, Vegas knows something is up. You'd have to bet five thousand dollars on him going to the Lakers to get a hundred dollars back so it was pretty apparent that he was likely going to go to Los Angeles now the parameters of that contract a three plus one I was I was very surprised on the three plus one but Me then too. then I'm kind of reflecting back on it he's ending his career he's going to end his career in Los Angeles he's going to end his career with a little a bunch of kids maybe possibly if they you know it, and and I'll get into this in a second but by the time that contract is up, if he does take that player option, if he's not fully drained by 37 years old, he's going to end that contract at 38 years old. How old was Kobe that's by the crazy. time he retired? Wasn't he 38? Maybe that's, that's just off the top right of my around head. There. But that's a good point, Kalmiar, because if he picks up that player option in year four, when his season ends is right when his son, Bronny, graduates high school. And that's what he's going for. Yeah, so Bronny's going to be playing high school ball. Yep, so, uh, hopefully so, that one in one year gonna be done he might be able to come straight out of high school yep something so to keep an eye so on. that's that i think that's maybe something to that as well that brawny will be graduating high school right when that four-year contract ends 
But yeah. here's my uh, here's my other piece about LeBron James uh, going to going to Los Angeles in the Lakers. The Lakers are still pursuing they're still pursuing big name free agents and are willing to trade for free agents because they know they're going to need three stars. You're always going to need that three stars. Having two stars probably isn't enough. And they got them, Rondo. <laughs> but they Lance tried Stevenson. so hard. They're, they're, they're trying so hard to go for Kawhi. And after yeah. they get Kawhi next year anyways, they're still going to need a third star. And they probably won't have enough money on the books. Or they might because they're constantly signing one-year deals. But they're trying to get that third star. And what my thing is, is like you're mortgaging your future of that core of Kuzma, Ball, Hart, Ingram, whatever. You're going to mortgage that future for an immediate competition to the dubs in which you are not going to win. And I in that and that course set up for a post Warriors that that the course set up for a post Warriors, you know, run and they're completely taking them out. So I don't I don't like what they're doing with that with that team right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially after tonight, I'd be really, really surprised if they, uh, tonight being DeMarcus Cousins, if they go ahead and trade, you know, young assets for Kawhi. It's just not worth it at this point, particularly when Kawhi can walk for and come to for free next summer. Yep. And then you're going to have guys like Kevin Durant and others. I mean, you, you never know. This league's crazy. Just like tonight, none of us saw this happening, and not a lot of us saw the LeBron to LA really happening if nobody went with him. Um, and he didn't really care. So you yep. really, you never know. So speaking of the Lakers, I mentioned this a little bit. They've signed some really weird guys ever since LeBron signed between uh, McGee, Stevenson, Rondo, KCP. Are they just doing these one years just so that way they can fill up the cap space and then next season it's all off the books, they can sign Kawhi? What do you guys think? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I also wonder who the hell is going to shoot the basketball on that team. LeBron's not. I mean, LeBron's a decent three-point shooter, but Stevenson can't shoot. Rondo can't shoot. You know, like their best three-point shooter is probably their guy that was a rookie last year in Hart or Brandon Ingram. Like those are their best three-point shooters on that team. Kyle Kuzma. You know, they just they're they're surrounding LeBron with a whole bunch of people that you probably don't want to surround LeBron with. Yep. I mean, I said it on Twitter. I basically think LeBron chose lifestyle at this point in his career. He's going to see what the Lakers can do with Kawhi, but I've seen his house out there. It's like $22 million. He chose that lifestyle, and he's going to stick with it and run with it. Whether what happens in the future happens, but he was going for where his son was going to be best at school at and everything because that's what he's got to start looking towards. Definitely. This, yep. this, this kind of feels like it's an end of LeBron chasing the rings and LeBron just like coasting kind of the rest of the way. And if he can compete more, go for it. But yeah, this definitely feels more of like a let's set business up for decision. yeah business. Let's set up for post-NBA. Let's get Brawny, um, you know, playing high school ball out in L.A., Let's, you know, start building up the family and, and doing what we want, living in Los Angeles and living where we want to live in comparison to, you know, really feeling the need to chase those titles. So speaking of the Lakers, we got another Laker who is no longer a Laker. He's now a Pelican, and his name is Julius Randle. Apparently he was recruited pretty hard by Anthony Davis, signed a two-year, $18 million deal, which just announced here a couple hours ago on Monday night. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, Julius in New Orleans? It makes sense that AD was recruiting him because now we probably know that AD knew that DeMarcus was moving on. So 
yep. you know, just one domino fell before the other. But I think it's interesting. It, it To me, it signals that New Orleans is definitely going AD full-time at the five now, and they're going to play Julius Randle yep. and Miritich at the four. So You got so, to, I think, at this point. Minus, minus Rondo. We saw how far the Pelicans could go without DeMarcus Cousins. So adding Julius Randle, it's not going to replace DeMarcus Cousins, but with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, they got a good young core there. So I like the signing, but obviously you're just not going to replace DeMarcus Cousins in any way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But at the same at the same time, like Randall signed for $9 million a year. If they were going to retain Boogie, it was going to cost them like 27 So you're getting Randall at one-third the cost, but I think Randall does more than one-third of what Boogie did. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah, I, yeah. I think they're getting value on that deal. As far as the Julius Randle thing, I think what's going to be really cool is you'll see Anthony Davis officially play a center because for the longest time they tried to play him at the power forward and have a center there, and it didn't really make that much sense. So you'll officially see him play the center, and you'll see Julius Randle play the power forward. And I think it's really interesting because the Laker fans never really appreciated Julius Randle for what he was. He, Julius Randle... He's a good player. At one time, when he was with the Lakers, I said he was going to be better than Draymond Green. Now, do I still think that? I don't know. But he's still a really good player. He's very underappreciated. And I wonder how what that dynamic's going to do with Miritich down there because Miritich played the stretch four. Is there, are they going to slide Miritich to the three and just run some sort of point guard? With are they just going to run Drew with some uh, somebody at the two with Miritich, Randall, and and AD? Like I don't know, but I really really like. Uh, Julius Randle at the four, and I yeah. thought they, they were going to do that because they thought that, you know, DeMarcus was going to go to the Lakers. Turns out, uh, Boogie Cousins is, he, he he considered two teams, and now that, and I know we'll get to this later, but now that I, I've sat down and calmed down for a second, I see why he took the, the mid-level exception, but I'll talk about that when we get to the Golden State Warriors stuff. So one more Laker, Isaiah Thomas, probably not a Laker for much longer. Yeah, they they uh, they, they dropped, renounced, dropped they his, renounced, renounced his hold. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, never mind. He, he, he will not he will not be a Laker. Agent. Yeah. So does he get signed for cheap? What's his market value? You guys have any preferences or ideas of where you'd like to see him go? It's interesting, I man. He, I bet he gets eight to ten million. I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be a decent. I would I would like to see him obviously the Thunder I'd love to see but I a good fit for him I could see him going and playing that starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns alongside Devin Booker Trevor Ariza DeAndre Ayton and some of these other guys that, that would be but, funny considering the Suns, the Suns like, <laughs> the Suns basically pawned him off for nothing you know yeah 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 I agree they could actually be decent if he had another Boston Celtics type year I don't think the Suns will ever be decent. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, they could do something this season. They, be they need to. to they need to quit being. They need to keep being shit, so I can keep getting cheap tickets to their games. Go courtside. Yeah, yeah. That's how we have to do it. So we talked about Isaiah. It's Tom and LeBron James who are both played for Cleveland at some point past season. What's next for Cleveland without King James? Complete rebuild. Trade he Kevin Love yeah. to OKC. Oh, yeah. I wonder I like if they're going to trade K Love. I really do. They have that's to. They have to. See, right? that's, there's a lot of people saying they have to, and there's a lot of people saying that David Griffin wants to give LeBron the middle finger, ride Kevin Love out, and make the playoffs and say, hey, we aren't going to go They're not making far. the playoffs with Kevin Love and Colin f***ing Sexton. No, they're not. But that's what, well, I don't that's know. I mean, look how, look how awful 
that the, the East, East is, is going to be. A it's a good point. We need That's to be true. able to talk Mello into waving that no trade clause, sending him to Cleveland with the hopes of a buyout and getting him out of there, and we somehow get Kevin Love because the way the Warriors are going, all these teams are stacking up. OKC is going to have to keep breaking open the wallet if they want to keep up. Yeah, and and here's the thing: backtracking just a bit back to the Isaiah Thomas stuff. Man, there are still so many point guards out in the free agent market right now, and cap space is drying up dry. really, yep. really fast. You know, so there's going to be, like, IT might have to take, like, a taxpayer MLE for a year just to get back into free agency next summer because I just, I don't know where the there's money's going There's not a lot anymore. of space. You know, and there, there's, so so, there's still so many point guards out there. Like, is IT going to make more than Shabazz Napier this summer? Like I, I legit I think they'll think go end would, up. But I don't for the know same. if he will. Yeah, yeah you I, know I think exactly. You're right. Like, but as far as Cleveland, yeah, I think their best bet is fire sale, get rid of everything for assets, to start the yep. rebuild, get picks, yep. get young players. Take I think on it was it. Winehurst today on the low post mentioned uh, Kyle Korver is another guy that could be on the trade block, which makes a lot of sense. Yep. Be kind of cool. Thunder could get him for cheap or something. You know, something interesting I've thought about about the Cavs in this situation. The way we're looking at the Cavs right now with LeBron leaving for nothing is the same way that a lot of people looked at the Thunder when KD left for nothing. And we made a move. I'm not saying that, that Kevin Love by himself is anywhere near as good as you know Russ by himself. Yeah. But what if they made a gamble on somebody, like a, maybe like a Kawhi Leonard or something, in hopes that they could you know still become relevant? Because Whenever KD left, we could have easily, you know, traded Russ our last yeah. piece and gone a full rebuild. You know, what if the Cavs pull a trick up their sleeves and they do something where they make a huge gamble, a big franchise gamble, and it pays off and they stay relevant? That's Here's really, the issue, though. That's a really good LeBron point. James, you know, he he the past couple seasons he fought to get J.R. Smith a contract, fought to get Tristan Thompson a contract. <laughs> they are awful, awful contracts that not yeah. a lot of people really want right now. That so is true. he really kind of did them in. And what also, sucks is like those contracts aren't expiring. Those contracts don't, yeah. most of those don't expire till 2020. If those contracts expire 2019, yes. they can move off of them, but right. they don't. Yeah. Na- name in order the hierarchy of the Cavaliers top three best players right now on their roster. Caleb's number one. Kevin okay. Love one. Who's two and three? I'd, I'd go Colin Sexton too. Even though he hasn't played a yes, game in BC, the NBA, yeah. that kid's going to be a stud. And then what, like uh, Jeff Green or... Well, Jeff Green's free oh. agent. Is it Tristan Thompson? He's basically a free agent, yeah. Is oh, Tr- Tristan yeah. Thompson their next best player? Is J.R. Smith their next best yeah. player? I'd say See, that maybe mean, you... maybe a Larry Nance or a Jordan Clarkson, maybe their third best player. Yeah. You know what we call that in NBA? You're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> that's who, that's who true. Is the... Who was the Thunder's second and third best player when KD left? Uh, it was Stephen Adams, Dennis, Serge. Oladipo. Oladipo. Serge is gone. Oladipo, Cantor, Stephen Adams. Those are much viable, much better viable options than f***ing J.R. Smith and Colin Sexton. Yeah, like, I will say very easily, Oladipo from two years ago, is better than anybody that the Cavs have on the roster right now. Right. Definitely. I I feel pretty strongly about that. 
Before we move on and we're talking about the Cavs, what would you guys think about bringing Jeff Green back on like a veteran minimum deal? Dude, I just talked about this the other day. I don't, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. If I don't think it is either. If he's coming, but if we, but we just, we just oh, got done talking else. about how many power forwards we had. Yeah, he's just, a three-four. He I would take a chance forward. on him at a vet yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that what everyone looks for that three-four combo forward who can shoot it, who can defend a little bit, who's a little rangy. He's inconsistent, but at a vet, veteran minimum, like you, you got to take a shot at it. But here's my prediction: is that he's going to end up in Houston, being the Ariza replacement. Uh, that. That's good. good yeah. call. Here's yeah. a question. Reza replacement that can't shoot corner threes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question for you guys. I know that I know that this other option isn't an, a free agent option, uh, they're a trade option. But would you rather have Jeff Green or would you rather have Wilson Chandler? Wilson Chandler. I'd rather have I say Wilson Willie, Chandler. Yeah, Willie Chili in in my Billy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell was that? It sounded like you want a cold penis in your stomach. That's, that's, that's the name of the pod. Cold penis in your stomach. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right, Blast Taylor, you, you ready to make us sad? Let's Get see. to it. We've been building up to this the whole pod. Demarcus Cousin to Golden State Warriors. <laughs> the Warriors. Level exception. Durant apparently took a pay cut. Now we had a. I saw a tweet from Anthony Slater, who mentioned technically they still could have signed. DeMarcus Cousins, even if KD didn't take the full max. KD not taking that full max. Yeah, KD not taking that full max didn't open up money, didn't open up the the MLE. KD not taking the full max saved his owner tax dollars. That's all it did. Exactly. That's all it did. At all. Yeah. He's not a martyr. He's a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, as uh, Kamiar mentioned, Chris Haynes reported that. Portland was actually working on a sign trade for Boogie, but it fell through. And then I also saw a tweet right before we hopped on the podcast saying that he was also considering Boston, which, again, would have kind of been a juggernaut. But, I mean, shoot, that's in the East. Yeah, uh, It's still somebody compete with the Warriors. We're so sick and tired of the Warriors. I would have much rather him been on the Boston than the Dude, Warriors. I would have been okay with him signing trading up to Portland. Yeah, like, that, oh, would have, that would have been awesome. I, I could deal with that. Cool. I mean, the West would have been even more Our, our division would have been so. crazy, but – Oh yeah, whatever. Um, it's better better than what happened. I just yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, the Warriors are just exploiting loopholes, and I see what Comrade was saying. This potentially, and I, I guess the whole silver lining to this, if any, and I mean, I I'm not saying we should be optimistic, but I'm just saying I just, I just kind of want this on record in case this happens because hey, it makes me sound smart, right? But <laughs> he had that Achilles tear. And there's a lot of players, or at least a couple players, have never come back from that injury. So there's one, the potential that that happens, uh, that he either comes back and re-injures it or just can't play. And then two, he's not going to be back until de- December or January. And, I mean, that's a lot less time for a lot more egos and a lot more players that need the ball to mesh. True. And there's already apparently some reported, you know, rumors from the finals or whatnot that KD had some issues and there were some locker room issues within the Warriors this past season. You throw DeMarcus Cousins into that mix, that's interesting. So, I mean, maybe maybe they just wasted money, you know, $5.7 million on a center who can't play or a center who's going to be a locker room issue. Here's that's my, really here's my deal about it, is that 
I mean, I saw other reports that said, yeah, he's hopeful to be back by December, January, but they're going to take it slow, and he may not be even on the court till February. And an Achilles tear, it's probably more – an Achilles tear probably affects a more smaller, more athletic guards than it really does a big man who doesn't move around as much. But it's still to be seen that. But my thing is, after I got over the initial shock of being pissed, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm still pretty upset about – Marcus Cousins, really? You're gonna go? You're gonna ditch your brother who wore your your jersey yeah. at the All Star game because he got hurt to go play for the Warriors to get a ring? And it comes out later, not that long later, he considered two teams in free agency this year. He considered the Boston Celtics and he considered the Golden State Warriors. Now, what I get from that is, yeah, he probably took a twenty million dollar pay cut to go to to go get a ring. Either way, of whichever whichever route he took, but the more I thought about it, was like, okay, maybe he's just not being an asshole and decided to be like, Hey, since I'm literally only going to play from February till probably June, I'm probably not worth the $25 million. So he just settled for the middle, middle level exception and is going to sign elsewhere the following season. And then you throw boogie boogie into the mix in February, him knocking off rust until March. You don't know what's going to happen because March is when people are just jostling for a, you know, playoff contention, and I'm just really curious to see how it's all going to work. Well, minus the cultural issues, um, DeMarcus Cousins being thrown into the mix of the Warriors, the Warriors have the luxury of waiting on him as long as they want because they won 73 games without KD and DeMarcus Cousins, Mm -hmm. and all you do is throw Harrison Barnes into that mix. They still probably win 60 to 65 games without those guys, so... They have the luxury of waiting as long as they please with him, and they're still going to win 60-plus games. So they they scored big on this. I don't even know. I'm still in shock. You guys may have calmed down, but it's just ridiculous how they keep getting these guys. And it seems like they keep pulling cap space out of their ass, these MLEs out of their ass. Like, where do they yep. get all these? Yep. And then K, K, KD will be eligible for bird rights next year, so that'll be that. Yep. And After three years. Here's my thing, though, is I wonder, especially with Boogie going out there, next season, Clay Thompson's contract is up next season. Draymond Green has talked about how he's not going to sacrifice on his contract. I wonder if we're maybe nearing the end of the of the Warriors' reign, and next season they lose yeah. a couple of those guys. But What t- this finally t- is doing oh, – sorry, just uh, before you continue, like what this finally is doing is – this season is going to take away the importance of a ring yep. because they've overdone it. Definitely. A ring doesn't matter anymore. You know, we're considered the champions. Whoever takes the golden state warriors the furthest. Yep. Sorry. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say to, uh, to make this a little more lighthearted, uh, Ennis Cantor and the God that he uh. is, is going ham on Twitter once more. He said, Oh, I can't wait. Let's go look. Breaking <laughs> warriors. Just signed Thanos and John wick to add to their bench. <laughs> And then he tweeted a picture of Adam, Adam Silver, Silver in the in the Golden State jersey, and he said, "Adam Silver <laughs> has agreed to an MLE with Golden State league sources." Tell me, that's incredible. He's gonna he's got he's got to catch a fine for that, dude. Yeah, oh, Adam, you know Adam fine. Silver's gonna call him, but still, we'll pay it. You you okay, remember you, you remember when Cantor tweeted two years ago whenever Russ signed the extension and all those Lakers fans were mad. He, <laughs> he tweeted the crying Jordan Lakers guy on the computer. And then he tweeted that again the other day when Paul Couple George signed. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. 
I would give and my then, life for Ennis Cantor. And then LeBron signs, he goes, oops. Yeah. Never mind. He, he, just, he just tweeted a video of somebody blowtorching an NBA logo on something like, on fire. He's we got to get man. him back next this whole year. Free, we even talk about his free agency deal. He tweeted the picture, the emoji of the buck, and then he deleted it and said, oops, wrong emoji, silly me, good night, friends, or whatever. And then he posted that whole thing with Hillary and Bill. Like just dude, he's hilarious. You gotta love Ennis. The the end goal of the uncontested podcast is to get Ennis on here. That's so true. Got, hey, <laughs> dude, a, his Instagram isn't like it's it's not like private. You can still send him messages or whatever when he posts stories. Man, so could you imagine if we got Ennis on here to talk about the Thunder and just <laughs> the Warriors oh, and KD? Incredible. You know he would. Let's just like let's contact him and promise him we'll buy him like a load of Turkish food. And I bet he'll do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta make this happen. We'll get it trending. Okay, well, um, anything else on, on DeMarcus Cousins? I hate the Warriors. Before, the before, Warriors. We, before we move on to anything else, I want to update our listeners on our free agent guessing game that Taylor, was dri- his fiance was driving him home, so he didn't get to make it, so he's not part of the... The contest, but that Kamiara and Nick are competing in. They are both currently four and oh no, wait, they're both four and seven now because they both uh, missed out on the Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> yeah, but we still have Jabari, Isaiah, Marcus Smart, and Greg Monroe left to go to figure out what's who, who's going to win. But they are tied right now. Both of them have guessed four of these free agents correctly. Uh, they both took the Lakers for LeBron James. Nick got Paul George to Oklahoma City. They both got DeAndre Jordan to Dallas. Kamiar got J.J. Reddick going back to Philly. And they both got Derrick Rose going back to Minnesota. There you go. So... It'll be an interesting end of the run here to see which one of you guys wins lower bowl tickets to a Thunder game next season. Opening night Thunder next season. Maybe it'll be against the Warriors. I'll sell my ticket. (laughs) That'll be be an expensive ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to wait and buy you guys tickets to, like, the Kings or something, so we can save some money. <laughs> yeah, and Marvin Marvin Bagley looks good. They're playing right now in their first uh, summer league game. Marvin Bagley just hit the top of the key three. He's looking good. That's cool. So, speaking of summer league, yes, get into some OKC future to get the mood right. So we got uh, who was it? Devin Hall, Hamadou Diallo, and Kevin Hervey in the draft. We obviously traded for Diallo. What do you guys see them doing in the summer league? We'll start off with Jacob. Um, I'm excited to see Hamadou Diallo's athleticism. I know he's not polished, but I really do think there's a chance that Diallo and or Devin Hall end up making the roster this season, primarily for tax purposes, just for their small contracts. But, I mean, Hall is a four-year four guy from Virginia. He's developed. He's He's mature. He's older. So I think he's kind of your candidate to to be a good summer league player. Uh, Kevin Hervey worries me because that dude has like no knees left. But uh, (laughs) I'm I'm excited for Hall and Diallo. I think those guys, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do against uh, summer league competition. You know, 
I like Devin Hall because he seems the most polished, right? He's the one, like you just said, four years of college, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Guy can shoot the corner three, defends positions well. I think he defends at the two and three. Um, you know, his his coach says a lot of good things about him. Heck, the, he came from Virginia where they they they, they stressed defense. And like they also no lost other. to a 16 seed. Yeah, well, that ha- you know it happened because like, here, here's the, here's the deal, man. Like if you're if you are a defensive team only and all of your buckets come off a transition and that other team is turning the ball over and they're just making threes and you get down by ten, it's hard to come back. Oh, so yeah. to be honest, out of these three guys, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see OKC either trade Kyle Singler into cap space and put Devin Hall on the roster. As far as Kevin Herbie. Guys had three ACL tears, um, and then two, two on, of course, on both different knees. So that's kind of a, it's kind of, kind of an issue. And then Hamadou Diallo, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, so me and my dad, we went to a Persian restaurant today. That sounds something exactly like I ordered off the menu. Diallo, can I have a Hamadou Diallo? Oh man. So, yeah, I think I think Diallo. I know obviously he's the the most raw. I really do think he's a guy that you know long term has the best chance of, of making the roster. But yeah, he right out the gate. Uh, we'll see what he does in the summer league. But um, I think I think he's got a high ceiling once he can fix his shot. He's kind of got a double hitch, but he's a freak athlete. And those he's kind of guys, too. yeah, those kind of yep. guys yeah. can make a name for themselves in the league. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did make the roster just to give him some minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he he definitely right off the bat is probably the 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 lowest candidate to make an impact. Definitely. So here's a question for you before we move on with summer league stuff: Who would you rather have on the roster next season, Hamadou Diallo or Josh Hustis? Diallo. 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 Much right. cheaper, too. Yeah, yep. take a chance, especially with such little risk. I H- mean, Hamadou uh, Diallo is basically what they wanted out of Josh Eustace, right? But H- Diallo's yeah, turning about to turn 20, and Josh is already like 27 or 28. You yeah. know, if the big ham actually develops into something pretty cool, then that's good. Like, Did you call him the see- big ham? Yeah, we're going to call him Big Ham. Big Ham, I like it. Big Ham's going to come up big. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> so uh, summer league. Uh, can we call him the Persian Ham? The per- no, uh, no uh, Persians don't eat ham, dumbass. They're Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> on, on Friday, I think it's July 6th, OKC has their their, uh, their summer league games, and I'm really looking forward to Terrence Ferguson. I'm not looking forward to Corey Johnson. Persians don't eat ham, you dumbass. <laughs> They're all Muslims. <laughs> all right, so Kamiar just brought up talking about Terrence Ferguson. There's two guys that are playing, three guys actually, if you include Dakari Johnson. There's Daniel Hamilton and Terrence Ferguson, who we should see break out. What do you guys expect from those two? And will they make, obviously, Terrence Ferguson will make the roster this year, but do you see Daniel Hamilton getting any minutes on the roster? Again, I could see Hamilton being one of those guys that maybe gets on the team just because it's so much tax relief. 
But I for for summer league for Terrence Ferguson, I hope they just put the ball in that guy's hands and let him I go. Too. Like let, let him work, yeah, let him work on ball handling, let him work on his stroke, like make him the focal point of summer league. Just let him do his thing. Drive the whole, do it all. I agree. Daniel I Hamilton think, uh, could get another uh, two way. I see him being another two way candidate for them. That, yeah, that's yeah, a possibility. I, I, as far as Ferguson goes, I would love this. I mean, from what I could actually see happening too, I could see him being. A Jalen Brown, where you know his first year, he didn't get a whole lot of minutes. You could see flashes of of great things, and then summer league, he gets some confidence. He kind of dominates some of these younger guys, gets a little bit of a more improved role for the Thunder next season. And I think I, I could see him, maybe not you know turning into as good as Jalen Brown was his second year, but I could see him having one of those Jalen Brown jumps. If Terrence Ferguson is Kelly Oubre next year, I will be one hundred percent satisfied. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've got big hopes for Ferguson, man. I think he's going to be good. Also, I do not want to watch Dakari Johnson not be able to jump at Summer League. I'm sick of watching this yeah. dude play basketball on his <laughs> tippy toes. I think he'll play for the yeah. He'll play for a G League team this season, and he probably won't make it in the NBA. That's my prediction. What do you guys expect out of PJ Dozier at Summer League? Do you think he's going to get some good minutes? I've never seen really seen PJ Dozier play, so it might be interesting just to see him get some burn. You know, isn't he the one that took? Number 35, and everybody got really angry. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was a uh, T Ferg posted a picture of him, PJ, and PG. And I think Russ, like, on a picture from the party or whatever. Yeah, uh, and that video, I saw that um, that Terrence was at the party. Hey, you know, Terrence, yeah, he was the big, Terrence is a big part of that uh, Russell and PG relationship. Terrence, like, is, like, under their wing 24 yep. 7. And I'm really yep. excited to see Terrence work with both PG and Russ all the time because uh, Terrence is really, really, really close with Paul. And Paul even mentioned that Terrence reminds him of himself when he first came in the league. So if he can just like adapt those same workout routines, adapt that same dedication, like to me and Taylor and probably Nick have noticed this on Instagram, like every day or most at do- most days during the week, you see Terrence Ferguson, his his Instagrams are in the gym, and his Instagram yeah. snaps and stories are him working out, trying to get better. So I appreciate the grind. That's awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we all agree that Terrence Ferguson is the big breakout candidate at Summer League, and we all want to see him work on ball handling and shooting. I just want each of you guys to name one guy who you'll keep your eye on that should break out at Summer League besides Terrence Ferguson. I want to see Devin Hall. That's what I was going to say. Hall. I'm going Devin Hall as well. Maybe the big ham. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like big ham. I kind of want to see oh, him but do he, something. He, he can't be officially officially uh, traded till July sixth, though, right? Yeah. Not, yes, so right. so it'll be interesting to see. Like, is he out in Vegas? Because well, depending okay. on how quickly that trade goes through, he could get out and play. Maybe maybe if we play late on the sixth, or he could play the seventh. Just depending yes. on how quick the the paperwork goes through for the trade. How crazy would yeah. this be? July sixth, Carmelo Anthony to Charlotte for Diallo. The ma- salaries don't match up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're just trying. Oh, and uh, probably nine nine hundred thousand for twenty eight million. <laughs> hey, we're trying to save tax dollars, bro. <laughs> yeah, we we, we can make it. it work in a loophole. Speaking of, yeah, there you speaking go. of uh, breakout candidates, I feel like every team has a player on their roster that they got in the second round that makes an impact for them, and we don't really have that guy. So I'm hoping that one of these guys. We'll get lucky enough. I'm not saying to be a star player, but I'm hoping we have one of these guys in Diallo and, and these other guys that will be able to make an impact for us. Because you look at literally every single team 
either as a second rounder or a guy they picked up, you know, like Dallas with Yogi Ferrell and Houston with Gerald Green and all these guys. Every team has a guy that contributes that they got for basically nothing, and I, I hope that one of these guys can be that for us. Yeah, definitely. I'm telling you, watch out for Kevin Hervey. I know he's got no ACLs, but that guy can fill up the stat sheet with buckets. I'm curious to watch him at Summer League. It's going to be fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, we've been going for about an hour and five minutes. You guys got any parting thoughts for our listeners? I'm good. The, the, oh, we, we did do the jersey give. No, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. We, we, didn't. we, we didn't. didn't. We got to announce the jersey winner. So we did a contest Ooh. on the Twitter account where we had people tweet at us and guess the date and time that Woj would break the Paul George news. And – Three quarters of you guys guessed July 3rd, which is Kalmyar's birthday, and he was getting very upset. Uh, none of <laughs> us, until the day of June 30th, thought there was ever even the slightest chance that we'd get an announcement at midnight. But some, we had a few people did guess July 1st at midnight. So the person that guessed July 1st at midnight the earliest was at – let me see if I can – at oh, OSHA yeah, water sure. bottle, is that how you say it? At OSHA water bottle. Yeah, looks like it. All right, James. Oops, his name's his James. Name. He's got a an avi of him shooting a basketball. Uh, maybe it's Os. Maybe it's OSHA water bottle. Maybe it is. I think it's OSHA. He lives out here in California. I think it's OSHA. Oh, cool. Thank well, you. OSHA water bottle, you have won <laughs> a Paul George statement jersey. We're going to get in your DMs, get your information. We will get that ordered and sent out to you. Hey, also, for those of you listening to our podcast that have won a T-shirt from us, uh, we're finally getting those. Those should be sent out, hopefully, uh, by the weekend. So I'm supposed to meet Andrew tomorrow, pick them up. Awesome. So we'll get those shirts out to you guys. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate all the love. We appreciate everyone that's been checking out the YouTube channel, watching us on our YouTube Live. We'll continue to do those throughout the summer. Make sure that you are subscribed to us on YouTube, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, Google Play, on Twitter, at the underscore uncontested. If you're subscribed to us at iTunes, please go leave us a five-star rating. If you're on your iPhone, it takes you like 10 seconds. You just click our name. It has the blank stars. Click five and then click submit. You can even write us a little review. We really appreciate it. It helps out the podcast a lot. Make sure you check out our free agency articles and everything else that we have up at our website. You can also find the podcast at the website. That is at theuncontestedsports.com. Make sure you follow all of our contributors on Twitter. Kamiar is at BoomtownRW. Nick is at Two Cranes. Taylor, I'm not going to read what's in the uh, Google Doc, but Taylor <laughs> is at T under, Taylor underscore P15. I am at Thundermob405. And Justin is at jhickness 9 Did I get all those right? Yeah. Yes. I got all of them right, sure. even with all this bullshit here in the, in the Google Doc <laughs> where I couldn't see what anyone's actual Twitter handle was. Um, hey, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Make sure you watch Summer League this Friday. The Thunder start off this Friday on NBA TV. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more news. I don't think this roster is done being constructed. So keep those Woj notifications turned on, and we will catch you guys later in the week. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.